What's going on, guys? Welcome into another edition of the Ask Tony Show. I'm so excited about today's guest. Uh, he is somebody that is doing something to change the world, and I, I am completely in love with his project. We'll get a little bit more into why, but we have Anthony Hemmert here in studio. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for, for having having me in. I'm excited to be here. Uh, 100%. So we have Anthony and we have Emily off camera, guys, off camera. Um, but you guys run something called the Markovia Project. Correct. Um, tell us a little bit about your organization, what you guys do, where it came from. Sure. Uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, so, so, so let me start by saying that my wife, uh, Emily, served in served a mission for the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Honduras uh, about 10 years ago. Um, and at the time, she felt really, really compelled, really convicted to do something, to help, to, to be more. Um, fast forward to today, what we have now is an organization that's helping to lift people out of poverty, that's helping to change people's lives. Um, I, think it's, I think it's funny that you said we're changing the world. I, I believe we are, but that's not our focus. Our focus is to change one person's world to change one person's life that in so doing we're helping few and by doing that we're helping many we're helping the world right so our focus uh really is on individuals and families really is on 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 this one community and and the organization is called the markovia project because the city where we're helping the village the community there is called markovia honduras um so it has its origins in my wife serving a mission there. Fast forward to, um, we saw a need. We felt like we needed to do something. Uh, a lot of our organization, a lot of our mind frame, a lot of what we do is centered on the mantra that if you have the ability to help someone, then you also have the responsibility to help someone. And we felt we felt that we should do something, do anything. No, we can't change all of Honduras. No, we can't change all of Central America or South America or the world. But there were a few people that that really needed help. So let me walk you through kind of how this all organically grew. Emily served there. She served with a woman named Nellie. Nellie is from El Salvador. She, uh, awesome companionship. She ends up marrying a man from Honduras. So now they're growing a family. They're building a family together. We stayed in touch. We became friends with these people. So Nelly and Armando. And we knew that we, we knew that we wanted to help. We knew that we wanted to do something. And so we would, we'd stay in touch with Nelly and Armando. And they'd, they'd say things like, you know, Armando's really struggling uh, to find work. Or Nelly's struggling with, with childcare. Or... And it wasn't just Nelly and Armando, but but they will become much more important later in the story. Mm-hmm. Other Hondurans, other people that, that Emily knew would reach out and say, hey, we need help. Can you do anything? And so I remember at one time there was there was like a tropical storm or somehow we got called and someone said, we need a roof. Mm-hmm. Of course, absolutely. And and so the Hemmerts, me and, and, and Emily, paid for a roof. Like you got to have a roof. Like You have to be protected, right? And, and and then a few years would go by and, and some would say, you know, we need medicine. We can't afford medication. We can't send our kids to the hospital. Of course, absolutely, we'll do that. But 10 years later, 
we realized that just sending money wasn't fixing the problem. Sure. It wasn't helping them in the long term. And we've all heard the term, you know, feed a man a fish, help him for a day, teach a man to fish. And so we really started reflecting and pondering on how do we how do we help them help themselves? Sure. And so we started to dive into what do Hondurans have? What makes them happy? Uh, what what do they lack? What do they need? How can we improve their situation? Side tangent, uh, it's important to know that I am a mental health therapist. Oh, awesome. And so I sit with people on a daily basis, helping them process through their anxiety, their depression, their yes. marriage counseling, suicide reaction and prevention, uh, eating disorders and psychotic disorders, all the things, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm deeply invested into mental health. And so thinking of Honduras, thinking of Nelly and Armando, I kept thinking, what, what makes someone happy? We have to approach this from a holistic approach. We can't just be throwing money at them. And so I thought, we need to be giving someone purpose. We need to be giving someone the ability to provide for themselves. So what do they lack then? And we started recognizing that not only in Markovia, but in, in that area of the world, 73% of Hondurans live in poverty, live under the threshold of poverty. And, and what they need is purpose. What they need mm -hmm. is drive. And so we started this idea thinking we're going to do micro loans. They need access to capital. Mm -hmm. Many of these people were dealing with a population that's, that's unbanked. They can't go down to the bank and get a loan. They can't call up a, a grandparent or rely on an inheritance or borrow money from a neighbor or go out and get a credit card. Exactly. Like exactly. Exist. And so what we've, what we're striving to do is provide that capital so that they can go out and, and eat what they kill basically we're enabling them to go hunt and right? build something. Of course. Right. Exactly. And so through the process of, starting micro loans and, and they're micro they're, these are not large loans these are very manageable small loans that we've been able to see miracles we've been able to see people who have the entrepreneurial drive who have the desire and the will and are motivated by love and family just like we are they just needed access to capital and once they've, they've had that access now we're starting to see people living on more that people have pride in, in what they're doing and they're providing and they're helping and um so yeah big picture we, we've now become this organization that's helping uh, with micro loans from that we uh we were talking to we were interviewing we were invested in the lives of a lot of people and someone made the comment, I don't remember, one of the families made the comment that, you know, our, our kids are helping us work too. Or our and I remember a red flag for me was like, wait, why aren't the kids in school? And it was just their reality, just their life. Oh, well, we can't afford for them to go to school. Yes. Like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> and so <laughs> it quickly became a, a, a double-edged sword of like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to help give people capital and... And I'm not, I'll tell you much more about that, but we are also going to make sure that their kids have access to school. 
Yeah, and I think that is so, so critical. For context, guys, I served the same mission at the same time as Emily did. Uh, and so I saw the same conditions. I saw the same things uh, post-mission. Uh, and this is actually a specific question that I would like to ask you. But Yes, please. A lot of folks from Honduras after my mission contacted me to borrow money. Yeah. Because there was a tremendous need. Mm-hmm. And so I'd, on multiple occasions, I sent money, I sent money to try to help, you know, yeah. buy food, supplies, whatever the case may be. To this day, it happens at least once a month. I'll get a DM or something. Talking to a lot of return missionaries, some of my friends, they had a similar experience, but they, they saw it as a nuisance. Mm-hmm. They saw it as like, they're just asking me for money. I always saw it as they do so because they have a genuine need. Right. And so I really admire you guys taking the point of view of, you know, we want to help versus all these people just keep asking for money. Does that come natural to you or is that something that had to kind of grow over time? Uh, I believe that one of the best decisions I ever made was to ask Emily to marry me. (laughs) And she brings that to our marriage. I, I think... I think her compassion, I think her foresight of absolutely we're going to help with acute care. Someone needs a roof right now. Of course, we're going to do that. But what happens the next tropical storm? And so Mm -hmm. she had the foresight of thinking that we have to do something more. We have to build something. We have to we have to enable them to help themselves. Yeah. And so when you talk about these, these micro loans, um, what amounts are we talking about? What are they financing? Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that structure. Um, so to answer that question, let me first tell you that a critical element, a critical part of all of this, the, the secret weapon is Armando Nelly's husband, Armando, who also served a mission. Um, he needed to be our screen. He needed to be our guy on the ground because for all of my wife's compassion and for all of uh, my willingness and, and readiness and let's do this, let's help, we weren't in Honduras. We didn't have eyes on the people. We couldn't see who is asking for help and who is asking for a handout, sure. right? And so we very quickly recognized Armando needs to be our director of operations. And so Armando's job, and we pay him a monthly salary, we figured out we can, what the Hemmerts can do is we're going to pay Armando's salary for a year. And we're also going to to fund 12 loans. His job is to find us 12 loans. To place them. Exactly. And so what he did is he went out and started finding people who had that drive who had that motivation, who were just lacking capital. So, so then to answer your question, the lo- our average loan size right now is $340. With that money, we've helped people who, we've helped a woman who began cooking food within her home to take that outside and sell. She's now selling, she's marketing the food she's already cooking. Yeah. We've helped a man who already had the skill set of being a welder who didn't have access to supplies. So he now has welding rods. He now has steel. He was able and is continuing to use that inventory of supplies to then further his business, to then grow and and develop. We've helped a a family 
it's a little bit of a weird concept, but what they did is they op opened a pulperia, mm -hmm. a convenience store yeah. within their home to, uh, to start selling products out of their home. What that does, it's not just him being entrepreneurial, but as you are very familiar with these pulperias, these convenience stores, they are the, the people's grocery store. Yes, 100%. We use them all the time. <laughs> People buy groceries daily. Daily. They do not store food in their home because they can't. And so helping this family and this man to not only open and have the inventory he needed, but to have a freezer, to have a fridge, is servicing 80 homes, 80 families wow. in his community that now have access to things like milk and butter and chicken. Um so those type of things are the things that uh, that our, our borrowers are doing with the money. And it's so it's so inspiring to see the that amount of impact that can be had with three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I mean we're talking about life changing circumstances for a lot of folks, and yep. I think that's where I love your project so much because when we talk about nonprofits, donations, charity. In many cases, we could feel that we need to donate large amounts of money. Right. Otherwise, it's just not gonna. It's just. It's just not gonna make a dent. It's not enough. Right. But in this case, you guys can see substantial change. I mean, you're talking about an entire neighborhood. I know what you're talking about. Entire blocks where now you know they can send their kids to get eggs um, with 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 very very small amounts uh, of of investment. Yep. Right. And so, talk to me a little bit about how this project. Um, you know, interacting with Armando, training him, learning these stories. How has that impacted your personal life? I think it, so personally, I, I feel it's very hard for me to spend a whole lot of money knowing how much good it could do in Honduras. Okay, so now you have that context. It's However, like... that being said, I, I think well before the Markovia project and well before we showed up in Honduras, people were happy. People had quality of life. They knew that family and love was everything. And so seeing that and, and seeing that they still have happiness, they still have family and love, yet now they have food. And now their kids can go to school. And a lot of things that I took for granted, yes, I knew these people were happy, but I didn't realize how much they suffered. And I didn't know that very few of my dollars could take that suffering away from them. And it really is very few. I think right now in the social media world, we hear a lot about people living on a penny a day and living on a dollar a day. And I think it was an, an impactful moment in my life when I realized like, wait, we could double someone's income by giving them a penny? <laughs> That's insane. And, and it's important to know that most, a lot of Honduras, most of our recipients, they live on $10 a day. Wow. Before we started helping. Sure. After we started helping, their income, their daily income increased to $15 a day. It's a 50% increase. That's which, tremendous. Which is huge. Tremendous. If I got a 50% increase at work, <laughs> it'd be crazy. We'd go on a cruise. You know, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be insane. And so to see that, that, that few of my dollars can make huge life in, in impacting changes in their life makes it worth it. A hundred percent. And I love the, the other factor of uh, helping children mm -hmm. go to school. So yep. I want to kind of dive into that a little bit because I feel like that is one of the main issues 
Uh, when you talk about countries like Honduras, like mm-hmm. Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, people live in poverty. So their kids, I mean, you got to eat. Yep. Right. So education takes a back seat. Yeah. Either you can't buy supplies or maybe the school's too far away or you can't afford public transportation, yep. whatever the case may be, yep. or even tuition. And so there's a lot of situations where kids just don't go to school yeah. for lack of resources. Right. But if if the if the children aren't being educated, then the circle just perpetuates itself. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to get better because there's no education in place. Mm -hmm. And so talk to us a little bit about that portion of sending children to school. So we were, we were very, uh, we didn't go into this planning to send kids to school. However, when the need came up, it became very apparent. We have to help here. We're talking to loan recipients. Uh, We wanted to get to know them. We wanted to be invested in their lives and know the details. And when they casually drop things like, Oh, yeah, they, they don't go to school. Well, why? Um, there's a rule in Honduras that to go to public school, you have to have a uniform, mm-hmm. which includes these you know, shoes. Uh, you have to have the materials. The schools there are not supplied. And so if, if you're going to take notes, if you're you going to, to have, have your own practice, mm-hmm. you know, arithmetic, you've got to have all of your own supplies. Yeah. And so very quickly we, we thought, okay, well, this is not. This is not something that, this isn't my, this is outside of the world of micro loans. Sure. This is outside the world of like, just pull your bootstraps up and we're gonna help. This is now, people who are, are suffering unnecessarily, and so we then approached, our our community and our audience and said, can we please just get donations? We just want to make this problem go away, and, and people have showed up. And miracles have happened where, yes, absolutely. Like, And so to date, we've helped quite a few kids. But I think it's important to hear some of their stories. Of course. The, the first girl I'll tell you about, her name is Mei Lin. She's eight um, and has never been to school, ever. And to give you context, I have an eight-year-old who's in third grade. And I'm super proud of him, and he knows arithmetic, <laughs> he read and he knows and reading, and writing, and, yeah. and we're reading books together. And, and, and she's never been in a public school situation, does mm-hmm. not know how to read or write. And so once we got the loan, not the loan, once we had the donations to send her to school, within we, we heard about the problem, and within 48 hours, we had a donation Armando went and bought all of the supplies. Her uniform was made. She was at school. Armando went and advocated for her. Hey, we recognize this as an eight-year-old who can't read or write, does not know her alphabet. And the teachers were on board. We'll help her. We'll meet her where she's at. And all of that happened because she had the supplies. I think it's it's going to be life-changing for her. 100%. In Honduras, it's also important to mention that a lot of a lot of little boys are prioritized over little girls. So if I have a family of six and I can only afford one to go to school, call it family honor, call it uh, an archaic system that needs to change. But I'm going to send the boy, the boy, because he carries my name. And the girl, well, she needs to stay home. She needs to learn how to be a mom. I see. And so what we've been able to do is not only say, we're, we're absolutely sending your boys to school. Here's the supplies. 
But you know what? Those little girls are going to go too. Yeah. And they've gotten to go and pick out uniforms and shoes and backpacks. And the, you can see how happy they are yeah. and how gleeful they are. Like, wait, what? Like, yeah. this isn't a man's world. This is <laughs> so everybody true. gets to go learn. Yeah. Um, it's been life changing. Another little boy, um, Raphael. Raphael and his brother uh, woke up one morning, were hungry, went to knock mangoes out of a tree. So they're using a stick, knocking mangoes out of a tree. They accidentally hit a power line, and both boys are electrocuted. Ugh. One of the uh, Raphael's brother loses both arms. Raphael loses uh, loses an arm, but still has one functioning arm and hand. To be in Honduras is enough. To be in Honduras and disabled, can't he, imagine. He knew yeah. that he was never going to be anything, to do anything. And so when we showed up, when Armando rolled in and got him supplies and outfitted him and sent him to school, what we did was we, we planted seeds of hope. Raphael was facing down a future knowing that he couldn't be a manual labor. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do if you're in, in third world. You're a man, you go out, you work hard in the fields. He couldn't do that with one arm. We're changing this boy's life by not only sending him to school, but enabling him to work with his mind in the future, to find a job, to provide for a family, to live uh, a life of decency and, and respect be because of the schooling he's getting. It's huge. Both of these kids, Malin, Raphael, would not be in school today if, they, if we weren't there to give them supplies. How much does it cost to send a child to school? For one year, they need uniforms they need uh the books and the paper and all, all the thing for one year is 150 dollars okay which is less than i spend at grocery store sometime i mean my wife yeah. says hey go pick up milk and I 99 dollars later exactly <laughs> especially if you go to target don't go to target right right, right. <laughs> so 150 dollars changes a kid's life for a year for a year wow and a lot of those costs can roll to the next year. Yeah. They're not going to need a new backpack every single year. Yeah. Um, it's life-changing. A hundred percent. So how does Armando, what is his process to find these folks? Mm -hmm. um, if we go back to talk a little bit about the microloans. Yep. Um, you know, I remember being in Honduras, living there. What is that process of finding people that have the entrepreneurial drive that yeah. is needed? Yeah. Um, I think the most critical part of that answer is he lives there. He's one of them. He knows the people in his neighborhood. He knows the people on his street who are suffering. He knows the people who have tried things and failed things but don't have any more capital to continue to go. We we don't have a brick-and-mortar store there like, hey, do you want a loan? Show up and Armando will talk to you. He, it's much more of a, a grassroots movement of, Hey, I heard about a guy, a welder who doesn't have supplies. Or, hey, I heard about a woman who wants to sell used clothing. Let's get her a bundle of used clothing. Mm. And so it is very much like he is out in, in and, and amongst the people. Talking to people, yes. Yeah. Emily, we have Emily off camera, guys. So listen to this. So as far as Raphael goes, um, he had always just passed by him on the street. And he, when we started this project, he realized, hey, there's a kid who's not going to school that should be going to school. And he went and talked to him. 
just like that. <laughs> and so it's you know he's out there identifying needs in the community. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And for me, you know, just kind of on a personal level, what, what it makes me feel is, number one, you know, how blessed we are and to be able to pass that along, to be able to help, mm-hmm. you know, because there are so many people, not only in, in Honduras, but all over the world that, yeah. that can use help and they're good people and they, and they don't expect things for free and they work hard and, and it, we can really make a difference with so little. And so talk to me a little bit about if somebody wants to get involved, what does that look like? I know you guys have a website. Yep. Um, what does, what does that process entail? Be it a micro loan or, or, or funding supplies for a child. Yeah. Um, so our, our website is the Markovia project.org. Uh, you can also follow us on the socials. Uh, Emily runs all the socials. I don't do that, but um, she's great at it. And, and you can find us, the Markovia Project, on Instagram. The Mar- on the markoviaproject.org, um, we've really tried to tailor it to, to you, to the listener. Uh, can you afford $5? Great, we got a button for that. Can you afford $5,000? Great, we got we've got a button for that. <laughs> um, this isn't about getting rich. And, and from the very beginning, Emily and I both both knew that that wasn't going to happen. And in fact, that's not what this is about. I have a job. We don't need, we don't need to be rich. What we needed to do was figure out a way how to help. Right. And and as you said, we keep getting calls from people who love us and appreciate and want and and want, need help. We're trying to figure out a way to help them and to help them help themselves. Um, markoviaproject.org is your answer. But I'd like I'd like to take some liberty and ask you a question. Of course. You served there. Mm-hmm. I served in Argentina. Um, I'd like to hear more about your experience in the streets of Honduras. Tell me more about what stuck out to you. How, how are these people different than us. Of course. Great question. Um, nobody ever asked me questions on my show, so I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, one of the things that, that I really learned that I brought back home, um, and you said this earlier, it was that people are still happy despite the conditions. Mm-hmm. We had lessons in homes that were made of cardboard. I mean, people can't shower. I mean, it's just, they just don't have it, right? Mm-hmm. But they still had a smile on their face. They still, the ones that accepted our message would come to church with a smile on their face. They would, they didn't have the fancy clothing, but they'd come to church and they had a smile on their face mm-hmm. and they would come to the activities and we would go talk to them and pick them up and they would have a smile on their face and they love their kids and they love their wives and they love their husbands with very little, with a lot of limitation. And so that, that is probably the thing that has changed my life the most outside of obviously just the religious ecclesiastical portion sure. of it. But just from a, from a life uh, experience standpoint is I try really hard not to complain. Yeah. Yeah. I try very hard not to complain. Um, I dislike complainers yeah. because I feel like we forget, we forget how blessed we are, how fortunate we are, how, you know, just to be born where we were born or, you know, know the people that we know or have the spouses that we have or the family members. Yeah. Um, 
I think that is tremendous blessings that we absolutely take for granted. And there are other folks who had no control over where they were born or their material circumstances, and they're still happy. And we're here sitting, driving $50,000 cars, depressed and angry and sad. And, you know, we go to Starbucks to drink $9 coffee to be sad. Right, right. You know what I mean? I I love what you're saying. Let me extrapolate it further. Mm -hmm. If I understand you correctly, when you went to Honduras, your, your... the, the thing that you prized the most wasn't your hunter and jersey that you brought home. <laughs> it wasn't a, a hand-carved box. No. What you brought home with you, what changed your life and, and made you into the man you are today was a human connection. Of course, 100%. And that's 100% what we knew we had to do at the Markovia Project. Yeah. We, this isn't about giving money. This is about building human connections. And through giving, through donating, through reaching out and seeing these people and changing, what I can give the listener, what I can give the audience here is a human connection. You're going to see a child's life changed. You're going to see a father who now has self-worth and value as a father because he's providing and protecting. You're going to see a single mother who doesn't feel so hopeless, who doesn't feel so lost and out of control. She knows that somewhere in a strange land with strange people, there's someone who loves me. Yeah, there's someone that who is wants huge. more for me. Of course. So you come to the Markovia Project because you want a human connection. Yeah. And from a holistic perspective, that human connection is going to change people more than me giving them money. We knew that giving money wasn't working. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we started to love Nelly and Armando, and as soon as we started to take investment into their lives, and if that was my brother, and in many ways I feel like he has become, I would do everything I could to help him. And in that regard, all of our loan recipients, they go to classes to learn how to run a business. That's key. They're involved in each other's life, and they meet together, and they're learning business practices and principles. They're helping hold each other accountable. In the same way that I call my brothers and sisters every week, it's like a Sunday thing, they are now invested in each other's lives. We'll all raise up and we'll all do this together. We've got Armando who's on the ground and seeing people and walked by the street and saw that little boy who doesn't have an arm and made a human connection. And to have that awareness. Exactly. It's just having that awareness because even here in our own communities, we can walk by people every day Mm -hmm. that... That absolutely need help. One of the, one of the things that really stood out to me as I was going through your website was that um, there's a face to every donation. Like every donation. You posted the other day that there was a little girl that needed supplies. Correct. There's a face there. That is uncommon with a lot of charities. I can donate to the American Cancer Society or whatever. Right. I can send a donation. Right. I don't know where it's going. Like I trust that you know they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and that it's it's helping. Yeah. But I don't know who it went to. Does that make sense? And yeah. so in, in this case, I think that that, like you said, human connection, mm-hmm. there's a photo, you know, and that creates empathy and that, and that creates a connection. I'm, I'm probably never going to meet this child, mm-hmm. but I know where it went. I, I, I remember seeing the, the loan for the welder. There was another one for a fisherman in Guacanol yeah. yep. to make nets and things like that. Yep. So you know what you're accomplishing with your donation. I think that is so... It's so smart, but I think that it's also, it makes it very human. 
Yeah. It makes it very, very human because um, we now have, we now have a face to our efforts, yep. which in many cases I don't think we get. Right. It, as Emily and I pondered and prayed and cried and researched and tried to figure out how do we help, how do we help, what do we do? There are a lot of um, nonprofit organizations. There are a lot of companies who are doing really good things, but they have product. These rugs are being made by Native American women that are being sold. These crafts are being made in Australia by these things. So we really, we really try to figure out what is it that the Honduran people have. Yeah. And we kept coming back to, they have heart. They're humans. They love and have family. Shouldn't that be enough? And through this way, we found a way for that to be enough. I love that. The human connection is what you're helping here at the Markovia Project. Do we need your donations? Yes, 100%. <laughs> money is going to help fuel this, but we're not doing it for money. Yeah. We're doing it because we know that there are people on the other, other line, yeah. that there are people on the other side of this whose lives are being changed. Yeah. And I love that because I've had conversations with people that want to start nonprofits and they're like, dude, it's going to be great. We're going to get the nonprofit. We're going to get all these grants from the government and we're going to be rich. Like they're not going to ask us any questions. Mm -hmm. Right. And I genuinely, I genuinely get the sense that that is not the case with you. No, no, that is not at all. <laughs> this is how do we help the people that we love? Yeah. And oftentimes in my profession, I hear people say things like, you know, I'll wait to have a baby until I'm ready. I'll wait to, to buy a house until I'm ready. I'll wait to start a career. I'll, I'll wait to be happy until I'm ready. And we reached a breaking point or a turning point where we knew we could no longer wait. We have to start doing something. Yeah. And, and and this is what came of that. I, Emily and I fight about who actually came up with the idea. <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of happened. And, yeah. and the, we did this. And... And thankfully, Armando has taken this. Um, I assume it would be life-changing for him. I would love to talk to him. I love talking to him. He sends photos. He sends videos. Here, look at this woman who's changed. We had a woman who was cooking out of a tire iron, wow. like the, the, the wheel of a car. That was her stove. She'd load it with, with wood. She'd make this open pit fire, make tortillas, and was selling them in the street. We were able to get donations to buy her a stove, and she couldn't stop crying. Of course. The videos of Armando's, like, dropping off and donating this stove changed her life. Life-changing. And it changed my life the next time I went into my kitchen and saw my stove. Right. And thought, holy smokes. Like, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even recognize the blessings that I 100%. have. A hundred percent. I love that so much. Talk to us about what projects you you have right now if someone goes on your website yep. right now what is it that uh you need funding for so right now we know that we have 32 kids who are going to be starting school in february okay. we need those 32 kids covered and that's 150 dollars. correct right. yep um and then we have a list of um potential loan recipients that armando has found um like our fisherman in Guapinol, has a trade, knows what he's doing, his boat broke. Another fisherman who needs a motorcycle to be able to get the 20 kilometers from the waterfront to the marketplace to sell his fish. Sure. 
we have people who who are making food, selling food, distributing um, food. We have people who want and are ready to start their own pulperia, their own convenience store. Um, we just need the funding. Yeah, we just need the funding. Yep. I love that. So, guys, the markoviaproject.org. Check it out. Go there. You have 32 kids. 32 kids that need to be covered. That need to be covered. Yep. I personally will cover all of those children. Holy 32 smokes. kids. Wow. We'll get it done. Guys, go to the markoviaproject.org. Donate. Learn about this. I, I could be here all day long. I love this project. I love seeing people that truly want to give back from the bottom of their heart without trying to see what they can get, what is in it for me, you know, and, and it's so refreshing. And it, it and especially in this time where everyone talks about the world being so dark and mm. everything's so bad and the government hates it, like every, the, the world is ending to see people that truly love and are willing to do things that you don't need to do. I mean, you, you have jobs, you have children, you know what I mean? Right. But you see a need and you say, I, I can try to fill that in some capacity, I think is absolutely tremendous. Thank you. Thank you so much for not only your generosity, but giving us a platform, yeah. giving us a microphone to, to speak into and to try and get our voice heard. And, uh, because really I believe that that this is a movement of lots of little actions yeah this is a movement that that we need people and to help other people i need just as many people here yeah willing to help of course so thank you so much for for leading off and being an example of that yeah and, and being a voice of of compassion and reason and and being socially aware yeah i love that i think that that is what we need we need more people like you guys that are willing to come sit in front of a mic and a camera for 45 minutes and say, hey, what can we do? How, how can we make this this world better? Just just one person, one child at a time. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. And uh, I look forward to, to cooperating with you in any way that we can. Thank you. It's all right. <laughs> with that being said, guys, this has been another episode of the Ask Tony Show. Till next time.